Hey guys, welcome back to Those Murder Girls Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marie. And I'm Raina. And we hope you all had a nice week and are ready for the weekend. So before we get started with today's case, we wanted to give you guys an up on the Maya Millette case out in Chula Vista, which was our episode number 34. So as of this past week, the local news had reported that her husband, Larry, allegedly had offered a hitman $20,000 to kill a man that he had suspected his wife, Maya, of having a relationship with. And this was actually just as recent of last summer that he did this. But the unnamed source that gave this information stated that Larry had brought it up as early as January of this year when Maya had gone missing. And as this person said, Larry was pretty serious about this alleged hit, but it has not been confirmed whether or not she had been having an affair. So also, the family had shared an image that was sent to them by Larry last year in 2020, and the photo was of a photo of the couple, and it's sitting like at an altar, and it's surrounded by candles, right? But there's blood splatter all over this photo of the couple and the candles and like the altar. It's such a chilling that photo to see. Yeah, that it's surrounded by. So we will link this picture for sure in our social media, so go check that out. Um, Maya's family also stated though that days leading up to her disappearance, she had point blank said, if anything happens to me, it's Larry. That's so scary. It's like she had this just premonition and told her family about Mm -hmm. it. So Larry has actually not been arrested. He has retained a lawyer, but he's not answering any questions to the police regarding her case, his own wife's case, which is odd to me. No one has been named as a suspect or arrested at this time, but the police department, they did say that they will, quote, they will continue to investigate any and all leads they receive. So once again, I mean, we pray for the family and her safe return and that the truth comes forward about what really happened to her. And we're praying that they get these answers soon. I read that the family is super frustrated with the case, which I mean, I could totally understand, you know, like you're just, they want, probably, you want those answers. And they probably know exactly mm-hmm. what those answers are going to be. And, and they who just did it. want it. They just, yeah, yeah, they want that arrest. They want that closure. So as always, check out our social media. We have photos to go along with today's story, thanks to Google Images. Thank you. And (laughs) today is our mashup episode. So we are giving you guys a BOGO. You're welcome. Our first case was sent in by a loyal listener, and she goes by the screen name at Beyond Blessed Boy Mom. And this is about a teenager that was killed and left for dead on a rural highway out in Florida. And you guys, her case remained unsolved for almost 15 years. And the second case is one that I actually found while I was looking for a completely different case. So this one is of a young mother from Washington who was tragically murdered at the hands of her ex-boyfriend in public and in front of their child. You guys, domestic violence, I don't have to tell you is real and the warning signs need to be taken seriously i know it's easier said than done Mm -hmm. but oh we just our hearts go out to anybody in a situation like that so we will also link some domestic violence resources in our episode notes um for you guys for anybody who needs them 
And if you or anybody knows that needs those links and resources, please just use and save them. So we're going to get started on today's mashup episode for you guys. So our first story today is on Amber Woods and her case. She was a sweet girl with a heart of gold. She was just absolutely loved and adored by her family and her friends. This one, like we said, was sent in to us by a listener to look into. So we did. Um, 16-year-old Amber Woods was pretty much like your typical teen from Hardy County, Florida. She was in high school. She was a good student. Uh, She grew up in Florida pretty much her whole entire life. Amber was the light of her family's life. When we go back and we read articles, like she really was the light of their life, which makes the story even more tragic. So she mysteriously goes missing on February 11th in 2006. And she had last been seen at home by her aunt. And this was around 1230 in the morning. So immediately in their minds, like they come to the conclusion she was kidnapped, like somebody took her and their home was off of State Road 62. And even though at this time there was no evidence to support that Amber had been, you know, forcibly taken from her home or anywhere, it was just kind of the family's intuition because Amber just wouldn't leave. So after Amber was reported missing, it did not take long before she was found. And she was found along that state road 62. A passerby had been driving along the road about 7.30 in the morning, and he had spotted her lifeless body. It had been tossed 20 feet off the road into this high brush area, and she was dead from a single gunshot wound. Just like trash, just left on the side of the road. Yeah, like nothing. Mm. So her family obviously was just devastated and thinking like who the hell would have done this knowing she didn't have any enemies like everyone liked Amber. So who would cause this? And they wanted to get answers. But unfortunately, the family would wait a long, long 15 years, you guys, before they would get justice for her. Detectives diligently followed every single lead that came in on Amber's case, but they just, they never had that last bit of evidence that they needed to put the case together, make it strong, and move forward. So like so many other cases, Amber's was shelved next to all the other cold cases. This happened in 2006. Years and years past, you guys. And in 2019, like not even two years ago, the homicide unit in Manatee County decided to take another look into Amber's death, utilizing some advanced technologies that obviously were not available in 2006. What happened on that rural State Road 62 had never left their minds, and they were all super eager to like get back and take another look at all of the evidence that had been stored just for so long. They are able to take a more thorough look into Amber's cell phone data using a tracking system software where they were able to pinpoint Amber's every move the night of her murder. And you guys get this. At that time of Amber's murder, she had been dating a guy named Ralph Williams, who was 20. He was four years old older than amber which is pretty fucking unacceptable i mean when your girl's a sophomore and you can go to the bank like every two weeks to cash that full-time check from the job that you have to pay your rent like no amber is too young for you i mean too young yeah she gets excited for pizza on fridays at school you should not should not be with her so sorry okay back to the story (laughs) 
Okay, so back to the story. So her boyfriend, Ralph's cell phone data, was also examined, and he was also pinned to the location of Amber's body and other locations that she had been at that night as well. And he was not the only one in the vicinity of Amber the evening of her murder, according to that cell phone data. Ralph had some company, his brother and his half-brother. Mm-hmm. So throughout the years, Ralph had been a possible suspect in the case, but police just never actually had anything where they were able to, like, charge him and have that case be, like, super strong. Which has got to be frustrating as a detective to be like, I know, I know in my heart that you did it, but I got to prove it. And that's, like, what is so important about if you know, like, anything, you never know how small a detail is. Might help. Yeah. Well... The cops uncovered some text message data from Amber's phone to Ralph's. And within these text messages, this exchange between them, Amber had sent messages saying that she thought she was pregnant with Ralph's child. You know, he's 20. She's 16. Not good. Not a good look. Ralph wanted out of this relationship with Amber. But even if he did, I mean, there was still a chance that she was still pregnant and he was worried, you know, there could be criminal consequences, Ralph, you know, due to the age difference. So Ralph was texting Amber off the hook, freaking out about the fact that she was pregnant, him being 20. So with the evidence that the cops are able to issue warrants now, and this is 2020, you guys, and they issue the arrest for these three men in connection with Amber's case. Ralph wasn't very hard to find. (laughs) He was already incarcerated on unrelated charges, and his brother was also incarcerated in a different jail. (laughs) So that was easy. Didn't have to look too hard. Not a good look, guys. And guess what? The cops are going to add a second degree murder charge on to whatever you guys are already charged with sitting in jail for. So Jermaine Brown, with which is um, Ralph's half brother, he was the only one that was currently free. Obviously, until his ass was arrested and taken into custody on an accessory charge. So they're just like roaming the streets for the past 15 years, living living it up up in their 30s. Well, maybe not living it up because they got into some shit, but yeah. (laughs) All while, you know, Amber's life was cut short. Mm -hmm. So Brown, he just starts singing to the cops. He's like, I will tell you everything. He actually struck a plea in return for a plea agreement of guilty he would tell authorities what really happened the night of Amber's murder. So Jermaine Brown goes into all the details about the night that Amber died, detailing the kidnapping and her murder. Jermaine says that he was outside of Amber's house on the night of February 11th and that he had been yelling or arguing with Amber and that he forced her into the car before they sped away from her house. He goes on to say that Ralph was the mastermind behind the kidnapping and the murder, and that he had conspired with his brothers to get rid of Amber before anybody found out that she was pregnant with his child. The brothers drove Amber out along State Road 62, exited the car. Ralph's brother, Taiwan, fired a single shot into Amber's back, which killed her. Jermaine then goes on to describe how Ralph dragged Amber away from the main road and into that tall grass before taking off, before anybody's seen them. Just leaving her dead, cold, all alone. How heartless can you be? Um, 
Amber's murder was all for nothing because the medical examiner documented in their report that Amber was not pregnant at the time of her death. These sick, evil fucking teenagers and now adults did all of this for absolutely nothing, which is disgusting. They are all awaiting their sentencing and we hope they get the max. Amber's family continues to keep her memory alive and they hope that these arrests will finally bring some peace knowing exactly what happened to the night that Amber was murdered. And we hope that they get that, you know, those answers and that piece as well. Yeah, we will post an update for Mm -hmm. sure once it's available. So our second case today is the one that I had accidentally run into and it's a short one so that's why we included it in this mashup and Marie will get us started. This is the beyond tragic story of Gabriella Marie Garcia from Washington. Gabriella had been in a turbulent relationship with her on again off again boyfriend David Lee Morris. Now the relationship hadn't been in a good place for a while And definitely did not provide an environment for their barely, you know, four to five year old school age son. Actually, Gabriella had just secured a protective order against David through the courts. And that was finalized on October 17th. This is just a month before the story takes place. But always wanting what's best for her little boy, Gabriella made the decision to spend the afternoon with him and David on November 4th, 2018. So the three of them would visit the Pacific Science Center in Seattle and then grab a bite to eat afterwards in the food court in the Seattle Center. They're having an okay time, but like David would not stop bringing up the relationship issues that he and Gabriella had. So after their visit to the Science Center, they go into a mod pizza And they're sitting there, they have their food, and David once again brings up the couple's relationship issues. As Gabriella had done earlier in the day, multiple times, she ignores him, trying to continue on with the day and the meal and just, you know, finish it up, wrap it up, and then we'll go our separate ways. Well, after a few attempts, David was trying to get Gabriella to pay attention to him. She's annoyed. She's like, there's no point in even talking about this. Yeah. I mean, there's a restraining order in place. Like, just enjoy your day. Be about yourself. Mm -hmm. Carry on. Carry on. So Gabriella stands up to use the restroom. She doesn't say anything, but she's going to go to the restroom, you know, just have some time. And just as she gets up and begins to walk away, David pulls out a knife that he had been carrying around with him all day long and plunges it into her throat. Mm and neck over and over and over again with their four to five-year-old son sitting there watching. It's just heartbreaking. There were a ton of people in mind, you guys, that were inside of that food court that were able to help Gabriella. They grabbed towels to put over her wounds. They were yelling and screaming at David, and someone even grabbed a chair and like threw it at him as he was walking out of the food court kind of nonchalant from what i gathered oh my god but not so fast motherfucker there was a bystander with a concealed carry and they have david who is now you know covered in blood at gunpoint david is yelling at the man who has the gun while he's still holding the knife you know he just killed gabriella with it to shoot him he's saying it over and over saying the reason why he did it was because gabriella had taken his son away from him So you're going to kill his mom 
And then now you're being held at gunpoint and you're telling somebody to, to kill, kill you. Because or your child. So your child can be left as an orphan. Yeah. Because that makes a lot of sense. Mm-mm. So when the cops arrived, they literally had to tase David because he was beyond erratic at this point. He ultimately, I mean, he ultimately just wanted someone to shoot him. Just what a waste of precious life all the way around everybody involved. Yeah. All of this while Gabriella is lying on the floor of the pizza place. She had remained in critical condition at the Harborview Medical Center for only a few hours, you guys, before she mm. unfortunately and sadly passed away. David was super open and vocal about his reasonings for killing Gabriella. It was so disturbing. He told a King County prosecutor that it was, quote, extremely easy to kill people if you're willing to die and you will feel like you've lost everything, unquote. He said his reasonings were justifiable and that he just wanted his son to have a better life and that killing the mother of his child would provide the little boy with that. And it's clear that, you know, he needed mental help. I mean, he probably still does. Absolutely. Only he would have gotten that prior. So, you know, so many lives were not affected by this Mm -hmm. tragedy. And these thoughts and urges to kill Gabriella hadn't just come to him. He said that he had been feeling this way since the previous April but he just had the hopes that they could rehabilitate their relationship. And when he busted out the knife at the pizza place, this was the second time he had actually pulled it out that day. He was actually going to kill her at the Pacific Science Center, mm-hmm. you know, their first stop they were on. But he decided to wait to see how the conversation went at dinner. Oh, my gosh. So he has no problem with it. He's like, yeah, if my son remembers this, he'll probably be traumatized. But if not, he'll have a good life being raised by family. What the fuck? Yeah. Like he was so worried about losing custody of his own son, but he was clearly just out of his mind for sure because in doing this, he killed his son's mother. He's obviously not going to be around. And this is not a better place for her son. Mm-mm, not at all. And those, you guys, are the tragic stories of Amber Wood and Gabriella Marie Garcia. Thank you guys for joining us and we hope you like the little mashup. It was something really different. And thank you to Beyond Blessed Boy Mom for submitting Amber Woods. We really appreciate it. Keep sending those cases, guys. We hope you all have a safe weekend and we will see you all back here next week. Bye, Bye guys. guys.